Welcome to Alphabet Scoop, episode one thirty. As always, I'm joined by Ben Schoen and Kyle Bradshaw, and this week it's Whale S three. Well, last week was Whale S three, but this week's episode is just going right into it because last week Google shared. The Whale S3, which is now what it's officially called, the up that update path for current watches, and right now that's just going to be the TicWatch Pro 3 GPS and cellular LTE editions, and TicWatch E3. Those are the confirmed devices, and they all run the Snapdragon Wear 4100 chip. Or at the very least, the confirmed devices that are available today. Yes, that are available today. So this has been a question that many people have been asked, that many existing owners have been asking, and that support has been giving mixed statements about. And I know Ben, he was able to collect the record for one of those events. Yeah, previously, Mobvoy had said that they were going to do the update, but then uh, a support person, sorry, had said that. And then uh, I was able to confirm that at the time that was not confirmed. My boy actually did not know whether or not they were going to be able to update. Uh, but now it seems like Google and my boy have worked things out to where now the 4100 will at least be mostly compatible with Wear OS 3. There's a bit of stipulation there. Yeah. So again, uh, Google hasn't. Well, at I/O they detailed like highlights, like this gesture that you're able to double tap um, a button to go back and forth between apps. Um, they showed off like the app launcher keeping the current activity state. Um, they did that kind of stuff, but they really still haven't shown it off. But then, uh, in announcing this Wear OS three. Google made this very interesting caveat that in some, there will be unspecified impacts of upgrading your 4100 watch to Wear OS 3 in, in quote, some limited cases. We don't know what these impacts are. We don't know if it's whether performance is going to be worse or some features aren't going to be enabled. We really don't know what that is. And I guess the implication, the takeaway from this is that even devices running a chip from last year are not able to run the, this unified platform optimally. That's kind of wild. I mean, there's there's an alternative, uh, or an alternative explanation anyway, in that uh, they said that to take the update, these watches have to be reset. So that could be part of why it's opt-in. They want they don't want people to just get updated and suddenly their watches factory reset. Yeah, that's another thing. Um, I, I don't know. Setting up on Wear, most people don't have that many things on Wear OS to set up, so True. you know it's inconvenient. But it's but I guess it's not the end of the world. I guess, but that's still that's odd, and I know it speaks to Wear OS three being such a significant change. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Is there is there history in Android of of, of a, a major platform update requiring a reset? I'm fairly thing that happens in phones. I'm fairly sure the jump to Android Wear 2.0 required that as well. Interesting. If it didn't, it at least deleted some stuff because there were things that weren't compatible across the two. Mm-hmm. We're going back a few years, so I can't really fully remember on that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, again, that's, that's one thing to keep in mind. And the other big thing is that this Wear OS 3 update will be opt in. You have, you will have the option to stay on Wear OS 2.0 for the foreseeable future. And you'll continue to get security updates and app updates. Um, we're still waiting for the tiles update to come in. So yeah, it's, I guess, what do you, how do you think current watch owners will react? Maybe those that aren't going to buy a new watch because say they just bought, uh, an, an existing one. How many people do you think are going to upgrade and take that presumable performance hit? I think at this point, most people who are buying Wear OS are buying like Fossil and the like. And those people, mm-hmm. not all of them, obviously, but probably the majority are not really in the know to say with updates like this. So I imagine in the fall when it's out and people are saying, Hey, this is what Wear OS now is. Why don't I have it? There might be some outrage, but Mm -hmm. for the time being, I don't think most are going to care. And I would hope that fossil and the like have enough uh, (sighs) integrity might be the right word uh, to be upfront about this but they may not. I think that that speaks to an interesting point though, is that fossil is always a generation behind and is still a generation behind right now, which is why none of their current watches are getting upgraded and the fall or presumably fall watch fall winter, whenever it is, they decide, whenever they decide to launch the best possible Wear OS watch, it's still going to be running. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. It's still going to be running two Wear OS two. So, I don't, I think that's just going to hurt sales. It's just like, they're going to see that there's a newer Wear OS and the brand new watch doesn't have it. Yeah. Like how, how does this not cannibalize the current market in Samsung's face? I think it does, but I think Google is okay with that just because the current market was dragging them down. Don't disagree Uh, there. I think what it comes down to for like fossil is communicating. If they can say to their, when this new watch comes out, if they can, you know, like confidently say, Hey, we're going to have the update. This is a, this is roughly when, uh, then it's not that big of a deal. And I don't think people will mind so much. Um, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's one thing to have, not have the newest update when it's out there on other hardware. But at the same time, the version that's going to be on the Samsung uh, Galaxy Watch 4 is completely different from what's going to be on Fossil and Mobvoi and if Google makes a watch and whatever. So speaking of Fossil, there is a lot to analyze, to criticize about them putting, about them making this best possible Wear OS smartwatch. So yeah, last, last week... Uh, Qualcomm had announced 
two weeks, two weeks ago. ago. Man, uh, what is time? Uh, Qualcomm had announced a this wearable program where they're kind of getting together with their partners to try to push things forward uh, with the Snapdragon Wear platform. Uh, in that, they said, hey, we've got new chips coming, but they also pulled in Fossil, and Fossil came out to say, hey, we've got new uh, new smartwatches coming later this year and called them the best possible experience for a Wear OS customer, which was immediately followed by the news of Google releasing its upgrade path and saying that these fossil watches would not run the new update out of the box and would not be updated until 2022. Mid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mid-2022. Mid-2022. So almost a year from now. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, best possible. What sounded great until that, um, and it was odd wording choice from the beginning. Anyway, so okay, uh, to what you said earlier, Kyle, about Fossil being a generation behind, we're we're all assuming this upcoming Fossil watch is running what the forty one hundred. I would assume so. Yeah, because I mean, there's nothing else out there from Qualcomm right now. And if Qualcomm did have a new chip, it would, I would assume that such a watch would come with the new platform, not the old one. Yeah. And then that, what Qualcomm said in the big announcement they were making, which was clearly to preempt um, Google's news was that they're committed to working on a new chip, but you can't deny that there was like some obfuscation going on in announcing in announcing that we're making a new chip, but that and that here's fossil right next to us also planning to make a new watch. The the people would automatically assume it's running the new watch, the new chip. And that's a bit disingenuous. Because it absolutely isn't. Fossil always skip or is always behind a generation. Like the they haven't released any, what is it, 4100 now? They haven't released any 4100 watches, and it's been a year since the 4100 came out. That's, that's true to an extent. They did, they were the first to release the 3100 when it came out, uh, and that was only a couple months after it launched. So it, it wouldn't be unprecedented for them to, if Qualcomm has a new chip coming out in the fall, it wouldn't be unprecedented for Fossil to be using it. It's just the pattern says otherwise, because while they were the first to launch a 3100 smartwatch, literally a month beforehand, they had launched a whole new platform on the 2100. So we'll just we'll have to wait and see the uh, timing of the announcement sure makes it seem like they are maybe doing the new platform, new uh, chips, but we'll have to wait and see. So why do we think the Wear OS 3 update is taking this long? I It's hard to say, honestly. Uh, I have a guess. Go for it. One of the things that they, that they talked to us about whenever they were first talking about Wear OS 3 back at IO, one of the things they mentioned to us was that uh, the best of Tizen is, you know, it's a unified platform of Wear OS, Tizen, blah, blah. Uh, one of the, the key aspects of bringing the best of ties in is a new way of handling sensors on Wear OS, like your, your heart rate sensor, 
or whatever other sensors, GPS, things like that. It, it, it's being handled in a new way that's supposed to be more battery efficient. But if you're handling sensors in a new way, that means that you have to rewrite all of those sensors, all the code for all of those sensors on this new platform. Presumably. We don't really know. They don't talk about that sort of thing. That's, that's a good point. Basically just rewriting drivers. So is it even... So the way Google pitched it is that they want to give end users this this choice to update. Is it worth the effort? Is it worth the confusion of like the first six of the first few months of this new platform coming out that you don't that you one there's that consumers have to be aware that of the caveats of buying a watch for the next year that's not made by Samsung or maybe Google, is it worth the trouble of this this confusion? I think it depends on what opt-in means. Like if this is one of those things where if you go to check for updates and it says, hey, there's an update to Wear OS 3, but you should know. If it's something like that, then I don't know. But if it's opt-in in the sense of you... I don't know, go to a website or something and register your device, or you do something that you have to manually say, Hey, I want the update. It might be different. It might be a little more valuable in that sense that it's available to the power users who care, but doesn't feel like a tantalizing, Ooh, you might want this to the average user. Yeah. But again, I th- the point, um, I think Ben, you made earlier is that f- for the average, I don't know, the, the person who just picks up a $200 fossil watch, they see this news about the possible upgrade and then they realize they can't upgrade. It just adds to the, it's unnecessary confusion. And let's say you are a power user who wants the, be- the latest and greatest. Wouldn't you just be buying a new, uh, wear a smartwatch out of the box? I don't, I, Again, the, the way Google face it is nice. It's they want to give people an upgrade, but is this an unforced error of added confusion to kick off their Wear OS 3 restart? It seems like they're just being kind to those people who did just spend $200 or $300 on a watch in the last couple months. I would say even more so being nice to their users, they're being nice to their partners in Fossil and Mobvoi in saying that, you know, hey, your watches can kind of handle this. So in the interest of you not having a, what, year-long gap before you can start selling watches with the new Wear OS, uh, here you can promise your users that these ones will be updated. Yeah, that's... Hmm. That's crazy to an extent, isn't it? Do you think uh, Do you think these parts, like Fossil and Mobvoi, are going to have... Wear OS 3 watches you can buy off the shelf before the update arrives? No, I doubt it. Um, well, Mobboy, maybe. I think they could turn that around if they wanted to. I don't think Fossil would rush into it. But I think it's more, it's, you know, it is one thing, yes, we're being nice to users, but I think it's, it really is more, we're letting our partners sell watches with the promise that these ones will be upgraded because technically they can do it. Yeah, technically can do it. But I guess what's curious right now is whether, 
whether anybody will release uh, Wear OS 3 watch, as you were asking, without, would they have to wait for the new chip? Like, who would want to make uh, a, a flagship Wear OS smartwatch without the new chip? Without a new chip, rather. Be it from Qualcomm or, Larson. I don't know, Samsung. Or if, if the supposed Pixel Watch is a thing, I mean, there's a sh- there's a yeah. chance in heck that Google might license the Whitechapel chips out. That oh, would be interesting. Yeah, that would be an answer. That would be very interesting. And that very that would be just Samsung, wouldn't it? Basically, yes, it would just it's be Samsung a, in, a, in a broad sense. All coming up, Samsung. So, would you like oh, yeah. a trip from Samsung, Samsung, or Samsung? <laughs> <laughs> That's that's not that's not far off from what the truth could be. So yeah, Wear OS it's Wear OS three rather. It's a bit I don't know. It's not a good start to a platform, in my opinion. It's just I don't know. It's confusing. But again, there are points that it benefits the consumers and well, it's ecosystem. I don't products. disagree, but at the same time. Was there any solution that kept <clears throat> this many people happy at once? A, s- a solution that kept Google happy, Samsung happy, Fossil Mobile, all the other partners happy, and users happy? Because I don't think there was. I don't think there is. I think this is the best compromise that they can come up with. But inherently a compromise. Yes, inherently a compromise, but. That was that's just because things have gotten to the point they have. Yeah, and I okay. Assuming Samsung. Okay, well, what's happening next? What's happening with Samsung's event is they're releasing a watch that's running this unified platform. It's presumably running a Samsung chip. Encouraging Samsung to license out those chipsets isn't the worst thing. If if that could have gotten new devices by the end of the year from everybody, I wouldn't be surprised if the if the new chip is licensed out either. Um, the I'm I'm gonna definitely be forgetting some numbers here, but uh, <clears throat> the current Exynos chip that's in the Galaxy Watch Three and the Galaxy Watch and all that whole lineup if I remember right, was in a Casio watch that was running Wear OS. So, so they, they yeah, they do. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. they Qualcomm has been kind of the go-to for Wear OS for the entirety of its existence. Mm-hmm. And I would add that Samsung's semiconductor foundry business is independent from their mobile business. So if there was a good enough deal, one would assume that Samsung would get those chips out. So uh, to go back to an earlier point, though, I I feel like the reason why it's so confusing is that there's a a big missing piece to this whole narrative. And that's what's exciting about Wear OS 3. I I feel like they Google talked about it a little too soon, or at least from the consumer perspective, talked about it too soon, where... Uh, they, they they showed sort of showed it off at IO, but that was probably just in response to the fact that they were kind of embarrassed 
or, you know, at least public publicly embarrassed by their Wear OS presence at Google I.O. 2019. So it needed to come back with a little bit of a vengeance or at least something to say, hey, we're still alive. We're awake. But they're, they're, they haven't sold Wear OS 3 as something that the public should care about yet. It's just something that is not something that we understand. Yeah, that's a very good point. And it's something we won't fully understand for a while. Or until the Samsung event. I would argue even not with the Samsung event, because Samsung's presenting its version of Google's platform. It's going to be heavily skinned with its own UI. Yeah. Mm. It's a start anyway. Yeah, it's definitely a start, and it's going to give us a lot more insight into what Google is doing, but it's going to be through the lens of Samsung. Yes, to the lens of Samsung. So, speaking of Samsung, they they have some products they're going to announce very soon. Yeah, so August 11th is confirmed for the next Unpacked event. It will be fully virtual, of course, and it will be uh, foldables and smartwatches and earbuds. Uh, the lineup, which Samsung has obviously not confirmed by name, will be Galaxy Z Fold 3, Z Flip 3, uh, the Galaxy Watch 4 and Watch 4 Active, and the Galaxy Buds 2. Uh, and they've conf- there's a lot has leaked and a lot has been confirmed in the last two weeks. Uh, and I guess... Let's start yeah, with Yeah, with Wear OS. With the Galaxy Watch 4, uh, it's going to come in two variants, the Watch 4 and the Watch 4 Active. Um, Is it Watch 4 Active or Watch 4 Classic? Sorry, Watch 4 okay. Classic. Yes. The, okay. It's... They're, they're flipping back and it's confusing. Um, but yeah, the Watch 4 will be the replacement to the Watch Active 2, um, <laughs> which came out in, what, 2019? Uh, and then the Watch 4 Classic will be the replacement to the Galaxy Watch 3. So it's very confusing, but it will... It, it is nice as a soft reboot to have them go to something a little more sensible. Because the watch for, in terms of what we've seen through leaks, has a look that's you know it's pretty similar to like a Fitbit or an Apple Watch. It's it's not fancy, but it's not it's not a sports watch either. Um, and then the Watch Four Classic has that look of a classic uh, a classic timepiece. Um, both of them will apparently be running on a new Exynos chip, the W nine twenty which uh, is a significant performance jump uh, compared to the 9110 that was in the past several Galaxy watches. It will be uh, about one and a quarter times more powerful, but with nine times the graphics performance, which is crazy, Uh, which is probably a good thing because that's something that, you know, all these animations and everything, having a little more graphics power is going to help with that. Um. And then rounding out the spec sheet, it'll also have the most RAM that's ever been on a Wear OS watch at a gig and a half, uh, which also matches the Apple Watch, if I remember my research correctly. And it will also have 16 gigs of storage, which, again, is twice as much as has ever been on a Wear OS watch. And twice as much as in the Chromecast with Google TV. (laughs) (laughs) Shade parade. So yeah, 16 gigs, obviously for Spotify, uh, and when that app becomes available, I 
side by side is wouldn't be unexpected whatsoever. How are we looking at the batteries between these two? Uh, there were some previous leaks. I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but uh, they were on par with previous Galaxy watches, which were was pretty much on par with other Wear OS watches. So in theory, it should be these should be. Uh, if we were talking Wear OS two, they'd be day long watches. If we're talking this new optimized platform. I would assume two or three days. Two or I would hope days. two or three days. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Three yeah, days yeah. would be huge for Wear OS. It wouldn't be unprecedented, but it would be nice for a watch of this size. I think the only Wear OS watch is mainstream. Yeah, and mainstream. Be yes. mainstream. I think the only Wear OS watch I've used in recent memory with that much endurance was the uh, Sunto 7. And that thing is a rock strapped to your wrist. Absolutely a tank. So which one which one are you gonna buy then? Uh I'm debating if I want to buy one. I might uh and honestly I might just go for the regular watch four because I've kind of fallen into liking more moderately sized watches recently versus bigger ones. Yeah. So is okay, I I guess the big difference is is the rotating bezel how big of an attraction is that a physical rotate? So that is something I hate people who've never used it's something it. I've always loved, but I'm very curious to see how it's going to interact with Wear OS. Uh, specifically because Tizen from the a moment it debuted on the watch on the Gear S2 uh, was designed around using the rotating bezel, which is why the uh, active series was kind of jarring because it didn't have it. So it was harder to use that interface. But now, from what they've shown of their take on Wear OS, which is called One UI Watch, it doesn't look like that. It looks like a normal smartwatch interface that you'd see on like something competing with an Apple Watch. And I love the I, I Wear OS is better with like a rotating button or something like that in it. But I don't know if I need a rotating bezel if the interface is not going to be built around that hardware element so i'll have i have to play around with it to see mm-hmm. so yeah um let's see what else about these watches pricing is going to be uh not and nothing's confirmed i think there was a leak in canada uh it was pretty much on par with previous generations which is uh Probably two forty nine for the watch four and three hundred plus for the classic. Yeah, it's so much cheaper than the Apple Watch. They they have a real opportunity yeah. to this coming holiday season to make a big splash. It'll be interesting to see if Google does any co marketing. What that situation looks like. What will the ads look like for the new watches? Are they going to mention Google or Wear OS whatsoever? I doubt it. Well, <laughs> they probably won't mention Google in terms of Wear OS, but in all of the teasing so far, all of the announcements so far, they have pushed hard on. We have Google Maps now. We have you know the Play Store now. So. I wouldn't doubt that they're going to push on that part of it. They're just probably not going to. I would be shocked if the words Wear OS were mentioned by name. So they'll just call it One UI Watch. Which is a really bad name. Yeah, one. It's 
the UI, it's uh, it's kind of confusing to people. I don't think that ha- has much penetration. People people know things. One UI. Like I, I've I have found this. People do know One UI when they're talking about their Galaxy phones, but I don't think One UI watch does not roll off the tongue. So it would have been nice to just try a different, uh, different combination here. Yeah, and people know One UI because it's like that. It's the Sam the Samsung OS makes a great deal of effort to get you to know what One. Well, UI and I think is. they did that just because everyone always still called it TouchWiz when it first started. I don't know how people can memorize ah, TouchWiz. Yeah. That's just such a bleh name. Yeah, but it, that's the one that kind of took over, and Samsung put a lot of effort behind changing that. Yeah, that is true. Let's see. So I guess I guess we should knock out healables <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> oh no! So the uh, Galaxy Buds Two are going to be just a pair of earbuds. Uh, they're going to be probably in the ninety nine to one forty nine price bracket. Uh, they will have, based on the leaks we've seen so far, in like five different colors, including black, white. Uh, olive, uh, yellow, and purple. Uh, and they will have active noise cancellation and the same design as the Galaxy Buds Pro. They look real good. Uh, the Galaxy Buds Plus were uh, very popular, and these seem like they'll be a great replacement. But what you're telling me is they're not beans. They're not beans like the Buds Live were, but they are... Very much more bean shaped than most earbuds. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing to market for the holiday season. Nice little stocking oh, stuffer yeah. or a pre order bonus. Nice little stocking stuff. Yeah. So, foldables. Yes, foldables. Uh, Samsung has two the Galaxy Z Fold 3 and the Z Flip 3. And those will come in place of the Note 21, which Samsung did confirm this week will not be a thing in any capacity this year, Uh, which everyone kind of saw coming. But the Fold 3 and Flip 3 look like they will uh, thoroughly improve the durability situation. Uh, A lot of the leaks have pointed towards like a little bit stronger display assemblies uh, but mo- more notably, they will both be IPX8 water resistant, which is one of the biggest worries I had as a Fold 2 owner over the past year. I was just, you know, kind of getting caught out in the rain or something with a uh, non-water resistant phone in my pocket. Uh, so at these price points, it'll be nice to have that again. Uh, and then the Fold 3 will have uh, an S Pen, which Samsung confirmed there will be a special S Pen for the full three. Uh, and then... So how do you have an S Pen not totally in that? That's a great question that I can't wait to see how, how they answer. Because it everything is still said. It's still, you know, it's, it is ultra thin glass, but there will be a plastic layer on top of it. Um, yeah. And anyone who looked into durability on the fold two knows like anything could scratch that plastic. Uh, you could scratch it with a fingernail and it would leave a permanent dent. 
So it will be it will be very interesting to see. But we know it is possible because there are other foldables that can handle uh, stylus. Uh, Lenovo, for example, they have that foldable Windows PC and it handles a stylus just fine. Doesn't make any damage whatsoever. Curious. So, okay, how big, how much are people going to use this stylus accessory? Because I don't think today's foldables are big enough to actually be a meaningful lighting experience. I I think it would be just as useful, if not a little more so, than like a Galaxy Note. I think the one, I think the main issue is just that because, you know, space is limited and things get complicated when you're folding a phone there's no place to store the pen. So it's, uh, it's not like a note where you always have it with you unless you have this special case that has a slot to hold the pen, but then, you know, you just have more bulk. So it's not, I think it's going to be like the S 20 and ultra. It's not for everybody, but the people who want a stylus are going to appreciate it. I know I'll definitely be very interested in trying it out. Um, but I don't think it'll be like something I use on a daily basis. I think it makes sense just from the fact that you can uh, you have more width to write with than you would on a note even. Ooh. Just having that little extra width makes a lot of sense for being able to write sentences out. I agree, but I also just thought of something. Mm. There's still a crease. Oh, yeah. That's going to be interesting with handwriting. It's going to make my signature look great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, so this the the fold is this flagship thing. Where are we going to see Samsung hit the flip harder to market? market I think they'll definitely market. They'll use the flip kind of like a kind of like a car dealer would use the base model of car. They're going to advertise it from this price. They're going to put out both of these phones and advertise them at the same time and say it's starting at. 1099 or something because i think that's the current rumor is that it's going to be around 1099 for the flip three um but then obviously the fold's going to be upwards of 15 to 1700 dollars. so uh i think there are there are definitely people interested in the flip but i feel like most people are more interested in looking at the fold because it has yeah because it's the productivity yeah the fold is more of a you have what you, you know, when it's folded, you have what you currently have, but then you get more where the flip is. I want less and I don't, I, there's not as much of a market for that. I don't think. With, with the flip, you get why you're paying. Sorry, with the fold, you get why you're paying that much money. You can possibly use this as a productivity. Yeah. The, I mean, one of the ways I, I look at the fold is it is both a phone and a tablet. So you know, it's not quite as big as a tablet, but it's what, 60%. So if you're looking at owning both, it makes sense. But the flip is a little harder to justify. But at the same time, if it's only a hundred bucks more than a normal phone, if you, if it's, if you find that useful, why not? There's also a huge market for the flip is from, from what I understand, just because uh, one of the biggest things is that 
women's clothes don't have pockets or if they do they're very small and cannot fit a big phone in them yeah which doesn't make sense to anybody <laughs> but it's just the way that it is so by, by having this this is a phone that fits in a purse this is a phone that fits in a, a pocket it's it's just a it's a delightful yeah. experience and, even in and of itself too and you know you're not wrong because one of the things i was i was neglecting to think about is that uh Last year, one of that was one of the things I did like about it was that, you know, it's better for a pocket and that was a market for it. But the reason I wrote that off was because it didn't have water resistance and it was still super fragile. But that's different this year. So it yeah, there's definitely more of a market for it this year than last. Uh, here's a question. Foldable flip phone style phones or tiny Android devices? What? ultimately does better by tiny i mean iphone mini class well, obviously not mini because that's getting canceled because it didn't sell <laughs> here's one more generation i guess we'll find out on that but i <sighs> there's probably a better market for a mini but there is i think there are more people who are interested in a flip from the thought of Hey, I can get a phone that fits better in my pocket, but it's also still a big screen because I think it's been proven at this point. You know, there are still people who want a tiny phone that, you know, like they don't have to stretch their hands to use. But the vast majority of people still want a big phone. Like it's just proven time and time again through sales. The iPhone 12 Pro Max is the top seller, stuff like that. Um, Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's I think there are a lot of people who would prefer the flip over a mini just because they're still getting all that screen size. Where the mini is kind of a niche. While having the portability too. yeah, being foldables are delightful in their own way. Yeah, I don't like to touch them, (laughs) but to look at them, they're very delightful. I thoroughly did enjoy a lot of my time with the flip last year. Um, The main reason I still would not want it is just because uh, it kind of slows you down a bit. Uh, It forces you to, you know, you have to open it every time you want to do something and you can't take a pic. The biggest thing for me was like, you can't take a quick picture without unfolding it. So by the time you've unfolded it and then open the camera app, you have, eaten away a few seconds that otherwise you would not have. Oh, yeah. Um, Foldables. Do we... Well, I mean, everything is weak to death, but no surprise. We're not getting surprised, are we? I think the only thing they have left to surprise us with, if they do, is pricing. Because there haven't been any, like, concrete pricing leaks. It's only been estimates, ranges, etc. Like, I think the best... The closest thing we had to a leak of the price was there was a claim made that both models will be $200 cheaper than they were at the time. So at the time, the Fold 2 was $1,799, and that would put it at $1,599. And then the uh, Flip 2, the Flip 5G was at $1,199, was at at $1,299. And that put it down to ten ninety nine. So we'll see. That would be great. I think that puts it much more in the ballpark of possibility for a lot of people. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's in two weeks. We're very, that's in two weeks. And I'm sure that's going to kick off the, the fall tech cycle, taking us into the holiday season. We'll see what Google does, uh, as we enter next month when the Pixel 5a, according to the last rumor, is coming. So, yeah, sad we exiting summer into a busier tech cycle. Abner, it's 93 degrees outside. I am happy for summer to be exiting. <sighs> Not sad. Fair it is nine, It is Fair 98 enough. here today. I can't wait. We are happily yes. exiting summer. Happily. I, I stand corrected. So, yeah. Uh, you can tune into Alphabet Scoop here every week. We record this podcast and try to publish on Thursdays. You can find us on all your favorite podcasting platforms, such as Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes. And you can listen on our site at 95google.com. If you wish, thank you for tuning in as always. And thanks to Kyle and Ben for joining me. We'll see you all next week. Bye. See ya. Bye.